You're about to listen to a sermon by Reverend John Cramper, head pastor of the Shekinah Temple of the International Central Gospel Church, Akosumbu. We hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. We're going to dine with the Lord. I want to talk shortly on what I've entitled the Holy Communion. The Holy Communion. Somebody who is a pastor these days, every communion that you are talking, yes, it's important. We need to exhaust everything. We need to get more from God because communion is very important. We call it holy because it was set apart, concentrated for the church so that the church will benefit from it. The Lord's Supper represents the greatest expression of God's love for his people. And that is what we have to understand. We're talking about the Lord's Supper. It is something God, God used to express his great love for his people. As I said at that time, um, how would you take it if a great man, a great person invites you, come and let us dine? I believe some of us would have dressed special you have to do a special makeup for the women, special hair, special shoe. Men got some very good suit, nice white shirt. If even you come by, you want to get a quality one because you have been invited by the king. And you don't want to just go and then the king will look at you or the servants will look at where are you coming from. You, there is a mark on you. No, you want to look good. And not just only good, because, but your head is full of, what I would say, sweetness. Your head may be swollen. Before even the time will come, you may even want to broadcast it to the whole community. For them to know that you are so much important. Because the king has invited you. I want to ask you on that note. How do you take the Lord's Supper when you know the first Sunday is coming? Do you prepare yourself? How do you look at it? Do you just look at it that, oh, we're we just going to church and the Lord's Supper is anything? No. When you do it that way, you are missing some link somewhere. It becomes an ordinary thing. It becomes a ritual. But the Lord's Supper is not ritual. 
It's not just something that you just get up and you say, today is the Lord's Supper, so I'm just going. Are we going to church? Yes, bro, don't you know, we need, we need to look at all these things so that we don't miss the relevance of it. The reason why it was instituted is very important. As you would do things and then you are not going to get anything from it. And unfortunately, today, many Christians, especially believers, who we call as charismatics, because charismatism means you know the word of God, you act on the word of God, you believe in God's power, and all that. As a matter of a charismatic means charisma, the power, demonstration, manifestation. And so, if we believe we are people who are called to manifest God's power, God's glory, and all that, how do we go to the communion and then look at it as if that nothing happens to us? It is so much important for us to understand it, reorient our mind, reorient our structure and everything, and know that when we go to the Lost Supper, it is something we are going to experience something from God's presence. When Jesus walked on this earth, he was strong. I don't think, I have not read anywhere when Jesus was walking on this day, he got sick. I knew he slept. He ate like you did. But I have not read where he got sick like you do get sick. Somebody would say because he is God, but he is also a human. Because Jesus was for God, he was for human. And he did all these things so that we would know that as human, we have limitations, but in our limitations, there is someone who has the power to take care of those limitations. So he was strong, and his body was full of life and health. His body was full of life and health. In other words, Jesus, as young as 32, 33, he was strong. 30 years, he was strong. The life was full of good life, energy. Healthy. Though he slept, though he got maybe tired or something, but he prayed to the Father on that, but these things were happening to him. Before he went to the cross, he was scorched or beaten. They maltreated him, and his body was torn. As he hung on the cross. He was beaten. He was mocked. They handed him any way, anyhow you can imagine. Maybe today you may feel that yes, somebody is maltreating you. Somebody is disturbing you. Somebody is frustrating your life. But I'm here to tell you that the one who instituted this and the one who you are following, he went through something which was worse than what you are going through. And he did all that so that whatever that is torn in your life, whatever that is broken in your life, will be put together. The scripture we read is Paul telling us how Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper cannot be 
taken away cannot be separated from the death of Christ. It is so special because, you see, Jesus predicted what was going to happen. He knew the sacrifice he was going to give. He knew the benefit was going to come out. He knew what the blood was going to do. He knew what the body was going to do. He knew how the cross was so rough for him to go. He knew the kind of death he was going to die. He wasn't ignorant. He was aware of all those suffering. But he did it. As a matter of fact, the cross was always used to kill people, to make people feel so embarrassed. In a simple term, I would say that it was used to let people know that you died a shameful death. The Bible tells us that the night that he was about to be betrayed, in other words, when he was about to start this journey of pain, journey of roughness, journey of cruel things, he saw it. And then he said, when I go to that cross, when they start beating me, when they start bringing up the thorn, the body, that the flesh will be torn down, People start mocking at me. People start spitting up my face. People start slapping me. Remember, all these things are here. They are going to be beneficial unto you. He knew that sacrifice was too hard. Ora Robert calls the cross the ragged cross. Very rough cross. The cross that I have not any, any beauty. The cross without any form. The cross that anyone that looks at it wouldn't want to go there. As a matter of fact, the thieves even don't like the cross. Let alone the righteous person. But he went there and he knew what he was going to go through. So he said, remember when my body is broken. When the flesh is taken away, when they give me that lash, and then you see blood coming out, remember, I did those things for you. That is communion. So when we come to the lost table, we are not just coming for fun. We are not just coming because we just want to go to church. We want to prepare our mind, we want to prepare ourselves, we want to understand, we want to say that yes, this day, I remember something special. And so Jesus said that when you take the bread, he said, keep on doing it. As often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. When you take the cup and you are drinking it, remember me. Remember me for what? For what I did. So what happened on the cross was benefited or beneficial to all of us. It wasn't for himself. It was for us. 
at the cross. One, our sicknesses, diseases were put on him. And that's why I started by saying that when he was walking on earth, he was strong. He healed the sick. So much that he said a parable to the Pharisees. He said the righteous person does not need anyone to make him righteous. He said if you are strong, you don't need anybody to make you strong. The physician doesn't see for any physician. So then what happened from there to the cross? When you got to the cross, what happened to Jesus? Because your sicknesses, your diseases was put on him. Bible says that at time he could have commanded angels to come and fight for him. He didn't. He told one of the disciples who took up the knife to start fighting. He said, don't do that. Put it back. Because he has something in mind. The funny thing is that we will, as a human being, we will always forget when good things are told us before they happen. He instituted this thing. He spoke to Peter. He spoke to other people. They were aware. But when the time came, they decided to fight. Forgotten that when he said this, they forgot that this thing is going to happen. Apart from that, in John chapter 6, he, they heard him clearly telling that the followers, you are following him not because of the word of God, not because of the miracles you saw. You are following because of the food I gave to you. But I tell you, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no eternal life. Because he was talking about you being part of me, accepting Christ, knowing the blood, knowing that yes, something that is going to happen will benefit you. So, on that day, when he took this thing, he knew what he was talking about. On the cross, Jesus looked weak. When he was being beaten, he looked weak. As if he can no more talk. As if he cannot do anything. The Bible makes us understand one time, even when they were, even the Pharisees thought to even just getting hold of them, the Bible made it clear. The Bible said that, and Jesus vanished among them. They couldn't see him. Where is the man? Wanted to kill the man. The man was nowhere to be found. Don't you think he could have do something? For them to stop what they are saying, when they were asking him, are you the king of the Jews? He said, you have said it. The man said, the pilot said that, don't you know I have the power to release you and I have the power to keep you? He said, you have no power. Unless it's given to you. He knew no man has power over him. Unless it's given to him. Even on the cross, when all things were so bad on him, he himself gave up the ghost. They couldn't have given up his ghost up. 
I'm surely that nothing, not kind of beating could have even killed Jesus. The Bible says he himself, he gave up the ghost. Because the blood was coming and it was time for him to do that. He was weak. He couldn't do anything so that your weakness will be exchanged with his strength. When he was beaten, he didn't make any statement because he think that a time will come, you go through that scorching, you go through that pain. People persecute you. People will say all kinds of things about you, but he said, I'm taking it all. I love what Colossians chapter 2 says. Colossians says that he took all that was contrary to us on the way when he was going. And then when he got to the cross, he nailed it on the cross. Meaning he died with that. That was the cruel cross. The one thing I love about it is that anything Jesus stretches out his, himself over it, it changes to become a new thing. The cross wasn't the pleasant place anybody wanted to hear. Even the Romans didn't want to hear about the cross. Because when they talk about the cross, it was so bad. But when Jesus went on it and died on the cross, people begin to appreciate the cross. It is not the cross that matters, but it is the man, the person who was hung on the cross. He turned the roughness of the cross, the shameness of the cross, so that it can become a pleasant thing. That is why today you can look at the cross and you can get something good out of it. Your sickness was upon him. Your disease was upon him. In other words, we receive our healings. As Peter chapter 1, Peter chapter 1, chapter 2 verse 24 talks about. He said all our, he, he, he himself bore our sicknesses and diseases and by his stripes we were healed. We are healed because he bore them. And what Christ has bore them, you don't need to bear them anymore. It is just like somebody coming, you are giving you some lashes, and then the person comes, oh, pastor, don't, how many lashes? Oh, 20 lashes. Oh, don't worry. Let the person stand somewhere. I will take it for him. If you receive the lashes for the prayer, do you think the person have to come back and receive another 20 lashes? That is your situation. What he went through, we don't need to go through. So Bible says, why do we go through? Or some of us will say, how do we go through? And I keep on saying, it is our fate. If you understand your position in Christ, you will walk in that. You walk in that. What you went through, what you took for you, you don't need to take them anymore. Sometimes the enemy will let you feel that, yes, your sins are still alive. The punishment is still there. You must come around and take it. No. He bore the curse for you. So it doesn't matter the kind of curse that even your, your great-grandfather have done and they have passed on and passed on and passed on and passed on. Yes, it is good you go back to find out your root by some of the rules. You don't need to accept them because somebody somewhere took it 
so many years ago, you don't need to take them anymore. That is why I don't believe that curses of my grandfathers will have hold on me. It is our faith. He did that so that we may have righteousness. We live a righteous life. And by his stripes we are saved. Second thing is that our sins were put on him. A, a strong man changed. A righteous man changed. People were just saying, look at him. He said he is righteous. He said he is strong. He saved others by he himself. He cannot save himself. Let him come down. Then we will believe that he is the son of God. That is it. But that is not the issue. Because God Look at all the sons and then shifted his eyes from the sun and then threw it back on the sun. Take it. No wonder when he was about to die, the whole world became dark. Sun has never been white, and it can never be white. Darkness has its own place, even though he himself created them. The Bible said that through his blood, we receive forgiveness of sin. So it is opportunity when we come before him for this times like this, for the communion, we prepare ourselves and say, God, we know you've done so much through your son, Jesus. The blood, the blood, that's a lot. Colossians chapter 1 verse 4 says that in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. The redemption work was done through his blood. Sharing his blood. Sharing his blood. That is why when you come to the Lord's table, you take the cup, you look to it, you say, yes. If even I've committed any mistake, God, I know by the power that is in this, I am washed. It gives me the righteousness. It gives you the right standing. So then why we take the Holy Communion? One of, is one of the channels God ordained for our healing and wholeness. That is one of the channels. In other words, when we come to the Lord's table, we are weak, we are coming we don't just come with our weakness. No. You come with faith. You come with expectation. That if he received the healing, if he was walking on this earth, he was strong. And because the sins, the, the sickness, the diseases were put on him, the weakness in the body was given to him. Then you receive this communion with strength. You come with faith and say to yourself that, yes, I'm going to be healed. I'm not coming here with weakness and go back the same. If even I don't experience it physically, I know it is done. It is done. That is it. It's one of God's ways. 
the channel he has ordained for us to receive healing and wholeness. I know many people who have received communion without being prayed for and receive instant miracles. It happens most of the times. Just that people will not tell you. They won't have time to give testimony. But this is what goes on. Why? Because when you come with all kinds of faith and with all strong faith and desire and the passion, understanding and discerning what it is. The word discerning in the book of Corinthians does not only mean when you are a sinner. It just means knowing what you are going to do. What is this bread? What is this cup? Is this small thing going to do anything for me? That is it. It is just looking into it. And what do you see in it? Your faith in what you see in that thing will benefit you. If you just look at it, it's something we just bought it somewhere, it won't benefit you. It is how you discern it. Two, we take it to remember his death because he said that in remembrance of him and what it has accomplished, what has the death of Christ accomplished in your life? He died so that you will be resurrected. He died, he was buried for all kinds of things about us so that he, all those things will go and then he resurrected with a new body. And I thank God that God did not let Jesus come out with the same body. The Bible says when he came out, he came with immortal body. That is why from that time, he can just appear to the disciples without walking. Immortal body. Which is a sample of what one day you will become. You one day become somebody who has known this flesh. That is why I say the greatest miracle in the world is not healing. It's not financial breakthrough. It's not the money that you have to do so many things. The greatest miracle in the world is salvation. When your heart is renewed, your spirit man is renewed, is the greatest miracle. Because in the future to come, that is what will change everything about you. His death gave us life. So he said, we should remember. We should remember. The third thing he said is that we proclaim his death till he comes. In other words, we know he died in a cruel way and resurrected in a glorious body. So you remember his death. So anytime you come, you are taking the lost table, you remember the death. You are saying, yes, I know my Savior died. But he is so alive. He's not dead. He's not like Confucius. He's not like Archimedes. He's not like those people. But this is a special person. He's still alive. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that he is sitting at the right hand of God making intercession for us. That is why the communion, you must leave the presence of God with vim. You leave there with confidence. If your hope is gone, when you come to communion, you go back, your hope should come up. When dreams are shattered, you must have your dream back. 
Whatever you throw in away, you must have it. Somebody will say that, how many times do we do communion in a week or in a month or any day? The Bible says, as often as you do. It didn't give us weeks, it didn't give us days. I don't get worried when churches do it every week. And when they do that, do you know what it means? Drawing you more closer to God. Making you conscious of God's presence. Making you know that you must always remember there is a savior. I therefore beseech you, those of us who want to run away from communion, don't run away from communion. Because that is where almost everything is. I know some of us are coming from some places where they will tell you that, oh, you did this thing wrong. You made a mistake. So you don't have to do communion. And so this and this and that. Let's leave those things to God. When we talk about real relationship, real fellowship with God, it's time of communion. So if you try to miss it, you try to run away because you made a mistake. If you made a mistake and you're running from communion, which one will correct your mistakes? That is a time for you to come and say, yes, I remember your blood can wash me. You give the blood, you pour it out so that it will forgive my sins and wash me out. What I cannot do, your blood can cause me to do them. Except you don't believe in communion. But if you believe in it just as I, I believe, then you always desire and you have a passion. I want to get there. When is it coming on? I want to get there. For that is where when broken things are put together. What I want to say is that in remembrance of me, remembering my death, healing and all those things, he just wants us to be conscious of the sacrifices he made for us. So anytime you come, you have the consciousness. You remember something went on. That is why today I am what am I? Yes, somebody died. That is what I am today. Today when we partake of the bread, we are declaring that Jesus' health and life flows in our mortal bodies. When you take the bread, you say to yourself, this is it. I remember I have this life. I have this health in my body. God, I thank you for this. And I receive it. I walk in it. Yes, even my body is paining me. I feel the pain. I feel things are not right in my body. By faith, I receive it and I know it is done. Because one thing is that God's power is not limited. And nobody can stop the flow of God's power. The power that is in the body of Christ, which was broken, what he said, that statement he made, nobody has ever neutralized it. And nobody can do that. Because his word is himself. 
And his word will always accomplish his will. He said it to you so many years ago and it's still working. When we take the cup, we are declaring that we are forgiven and have been made righteous. You say to yourself, I'm forgiven. I'm righteous. And stop condemning yourself. At the communion, make sure your condemnation for yourself is gone. What people say about you doesn't matter. What matters is what you believe God has said about you. Sometimes God has not said anything about you, but you believe what people have said. And you make it personal. And you accept it. And it becomes your mood and your guidance of life. Today, I beseech you by the message of God. Give it all unto him. He is a righteous judge. And he knows what he will do. The blood of Jesus gives us right standing before God. And we can go boldly into his presence. As Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says. That is our access. That is our access. He gives us access. He paved the way for us. He said let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help in time of need. So when we pray. We can be sure. That our prayers are heard. That is the blood of Jesus. That is the blood of Jesus. So we are going to take the communion. And we want to remember all these things. We are not just going to just do it only like that. And communion. How do we partake it? Let me put this in there. Remember that the Holy Communion is not a ritual to be observed. But a blessing to receive. Sorry today, I forgot the, um, the, the pen drive. I know some of you are struggling, but for, for God, forgive me. I forgot it. I know you say, Pastor, this one, go and buy the CD. But a blessing to receive. It's a blessing to receive. It's not a ritual. And let me say this. Because it's not a ritual, there is no prescribed bread or special drink required. Are you understanding me? If it is a ritual, then we always say, this is the thing, oh, there should be a special destino. There should be a special destino. We use this thing today, but so many years ago, this is not what we use. Does it change the power in communion? The principle is what? The same. But the practice may differ. It's not ritual. When you look at it, it's ritual. So there is a specific thing. No, after Romans, they have some big bread they break. No, after after Dr. Otabe, he does it this way. No, 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 Pastor Kampa does it this way. No, last time I went to Jesus' temple, Pastor Dixon also does it this way. So what are we doing here? No, it's not a ritual. I've seen people who have so much passion to receive healing they just take water and take their own bread. They stand on the word of God and say, Father, I use this water and this bread as a communion. And as they take it, let there be healing in my life. And it takes place. It happens to them. Meaning that 
it is the spirit that matters. If you look at it just as a ritual, so there must be a certain destiny I have to just do. Then you are going to miss it. The elements are there. We bless it and we release them unto you. It is not a ritual. And remember that day Jesus, when he was doing it, it was bread they were using. The Bible says when you took the bread and he was about to eat that thing, they were just eating supper and they used the bread to do it as supper. So that was all what that he has. And that is all that he could have just given out. So he just took it. It wasn't something he just prepared something. Hey, hey, we are going to have um, communion or something. So, no, no, no. Bible say at the supper. He just took the bread. I want somebody to ask me, Pastor, I'm in school. It's a long time I took communion. What can I do? I say, oh, you can take communion. You just take whatever you want to take. Just hold it and let me pray with you. And it will turn into that. You may think it's funny, but it's not funny. It's your faith. Because somebody may take all that they think is what you call sanctified one, um, what you call polished one, who physically looks at it, yes, when your friend communion, but nothing happens to the person. Or it's because how you see it, how you believe it, how you think about it. But this morning, I send the power of God here to flow into your life. The life of Christ will come to you as you submit yourself, you come to him, you say, Lord, I am here. I'm here. I discern it. Yes. When you said it, I can see myself there. When you were being beaten, I can see my healing there. When that tone, that flesh broke out and blood was coming, I saw my healing in that place. Yes, I saw my forgiveness in that place. I saw that blood washing me. Yes, I saw you when you were being spat upon, when you were being disgraced, when being mocked. I saw myself there. So today, I live here with wholeness of life. Every cell in my life renewed. The weakness in my life is going. I believe it. I receive it. Yes, Lord. Things that were broken in my life are being put together because I was there when you were being torn apart. I wanted to bow down heads. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The more you want to pray to God, you want to pray to God. If you feel like standing, you can do so. I want us to do a little prayer before we take the communion. Just pray to God. Pray to God. Pray to God. If you still like standing, you can do so. Just commit all those situations into his hand. Come on, go ahead. Open your mouth and talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Maybe you need healing. You need some strength. You need some wisdom. You need something. You can think about anything. He took care of all those things. Thank you, Jesus. He took care of those worries. 
You want to release your faith this morning and say, yes, Lord, I will not leave you the same. I will not leave you the same. I can't come to your presence. I can't come and dance with you and go by the same. We're glad you made time to listen to this sermon. For more of these messages, please search for Reverend John Crampa on Google Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ICGC Shekinah. Stay blessed.